This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, Aviva, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now, join Ringler Radio host, Larry Cohen. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, head of New England Operations for Ringler Associates, and your host here on Ringler Radio. In case you're a first-time listener, you should know that every Ringler Radio show can be downloaded from our website, ringlerassociates.com, or from the legaltalknetwork.com. Well, today we're coming to you from uh, literally the streets of Philadelphia here in our mobile studio at the 2008 AAJ American Association for Justice Annual Convention. And it's interesting, it's located here in the heart of Philadelphia. What an interesting city. We're uh, very fortunate today to have two outstanding plaintiff lawyers who are attending the convention as our guests, Attorney Joseph Camerata and Ira Sherman. Serving as my co-host today is my colleague and friend, Cindy Shanley. Cindy is our Ringler Associate in the Louisville, Kentucky, and the Jeffersonville, Indiana office. That sounds like a split personality there, Cindy. Cindy will be leading the discussion about traumatic brain injuries today with both of our special guests who serve on the board of the Brain Injury Association of Washington, D.C. Take it away, Cindy. Thanks, Larry. And it's it's a real pleasure to be here in the historic Philadelphia. It's a little rainy outside, but uh, we, we are enjoying ourselves here. Uh, we have a serious topic to talk about today with two of my most favorite attorneys in the country and, and very great attorneys uh, in the area of traumatic brain injury. First, I thought we'd talk about what is traumatic brain injury and define that for you, for the audience. It's a, simply, it's a blow or, or a jolt to the head or a penetrating head injury that disrupts the function of the brain. Today, let's get kind of a basic education on traumatic brain injuries, along with some real-life examples from our from our guest. And we're, we're also going to look kind of at some of the issues surrounding handling cases involving traumatic brain injury. Let's first welcome our guest. We have attorney Joseph Camerata, or Joe, from the law term Chaikin, Sherman, Camerata, and Siegel in Washington, D.C., Attorney Camerata's practice is concentrated in the areas of serious personal injury, brain injury, wrongful death, and medical malpractice. He also successfully champions the rights of victims um, in the area of discrimination and civil rights abuses. Mr. Camerata is also the founder of the Brain Injury Association of D.C., Incorporated, a not-for-profit organization devoted to assist persons suffering from a brain injury through prevention, research, education, and advocacy. Mr. Camerata, welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Cindy. Great. We also have one of uh, Joe's partners, Attorney Ira Sherman. He's also from the firm Chaikin, Sherman, Camerata, and Siegel from Washington, D.C. Ira is an active member of the American Association for Justice. He's here at the, the meeting with us. And he also is part of the brain, Traumatic Brain Injury Litigation Group of the American Association for Justice. Mr. Sherman is the Vice President and on the Board of Directors of the Brain Injury Association of the District of Columbia. Welcome, Ira. It's great to be here, Cindy. Great. Now, you guys are both officers of the Brain Injury Association of D.C., and Joe, you're currently, you are, were the founder of that association. Talk about 
why you um, founded that association, a little bit about your roles there. Sure. Uh, actually, uh, Ira and I are uh, co-founders of that uh, that association. We we saw that um, with our work uh, in the traumatic brain injury field, uh, we thought it was important that within the District of Columbia, uh, that those that are suffering from traumatic brain injury be given a voice. Uh, we um, we were shocked to find out that the Brain Injury Association of America, the national organization, did not have a an affiliate in Washington D.C. And so we decided that uh, in order to serve those persons in need, uh, that we would uh, found and start the uh, the Brain Injury Association of America. And we are uh, in the process of uh, obtaining our affiliation status w- status with the national organization. Great. Um, let's. Can you guys talk about um, a little bit about what, from your perspective, what do you look for as a, what are the, some of the common causes of a traumatic brain injury? Well, Cindy, uh, traumatic brain injuries can occur from average, ordinary automobile accidents, uh, from a what we com- commonly call a, a whiplash injury, which we'll get into a little further on in the program, but uh, slip and falls, uh, medical malpractice, pharmaceutical errors, sports injuries, uh, commonly in football, uh, soccer, um, any contact sport. And we also have to keep in mind that swimming can, uh, near drownings, can cause a traumatic brain injury if you're underwater too long. You know, when you look at a person, can you always tell if they've had a brain injury or do you have to talk to them? I and mean, what are the signs or the symptoms, Joe? Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, you cannot tell. Uh, uh, more often than not, um, with, with, especially with a mild traumatic brain injury, the, um, the changes can be subtle, but nevertheless real. That's why um, it, it's, it's being called the signature injury of the Iraqi war. Uh, it, and it's also been called an, a, uh, an invisible injury because the soldiers coming back look good, uh, but but inside, if you would, the wiring of the brain is 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 not working correctly. Um, with respect to the signs and symptoms, um, you can divide them up into into three areas: the, the cognitive type symptoms, where you have changes in uh, attention and concentration, memory problems, problems with orientation, um, the physical symptoms such as uh, headaches, dizziness, uh, fatigue. Um, blurred vision, a, a loss of a sense of uh, smell or taste, uh, ringing in the ears. Uh, behavioral changes also result from a uh, brain injury. Depression, anxiety, irritability, uh, sleep disur- disturbances, uh, a lack of uh, a lack of initiative, uh, and then what flows from that are, are problems that you see in in, in one's employment. Marriage, relationships with other people's uh, people, be they relatives or, or coworkers. So the uh, although the term may be mild traumatic brain injury, uh, the the uh, the signs, the symptoms, and the uh, the problems associated with that are are real and significant. That's really interesting. You know, guys, I did a little research on traumatic brain injuries, and I was a little surprised at the numbers uh, uh, numbers of injuries that are out there. According to the CDC website, of the 1.4 million who sustain a traumatic brain injury each year in the United States, 50,000 die, 235,000 are hospitalized, 
and 1.1 million are treated and released. Now, I'm sure that those statistics don't include the um, our troops overseas right now, and I'm sure that number has gone up quite a bit. But Ira, can you talk about those statistics a little bit? Yeah, I think that uh, those statistics just scratch the surface. Uh, these are the people who have been diagnosed with uh, traumatic brain injury. Uh, you know, Joe mentioned a series of symptoms that uh, can appear from a traumatic brain injury, but frequently people with traumatic brain injury don't recognize or want to recognize that the subtle symptoms that they're having, whether it's dizziness or a lack of concentration or a lack of memory, and they start to go to the store and they can't quite remember why they're there, they attribute that to other things because they, to age or just forgetfulness. And if they have mood swings, they attribute it to other things. And if they have a little bit more fatigue than they're usually than they're used to, then they don't want to accept that that's actually related to the trauma that they sustained, perhaps in a slip and fall where they hit their head or an automobile accident. And unless you are surrounded by a family or friends that are loving enough to reveal to you that there have been these subtle changes in you, there are many people walking around who have had traumatic brain injuries who just don't deal with it and they've never been recognized. And so I think that the significance of these statistics is uh, more in, uh, in the fact that these, these are the identified traumatic, these are the identified uh, victims of traumatic brain injury, but it's the number of people through sports injuries or others that have not been diagnosed and treated that concern me. Let me, let me add to that because I think that's an excellent point. Uh, it, uh, in, in terms of somebody who suffers a, a traumatic brain injury, you do not need to, to have a loss of consciousness. The CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, has, has documented that, that you can suffer a traumatic brain injury even though you didn't lose consci- consciousness. Um, you don't need an abnormal MRI or, or CAT scan of the brain. Um, those are in the severe cases where you have a bleed on the brain or you're in a coma or what have you. We're talking about situations where you may get a little shaken up from a car accident or a truck accident, and, 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 uh, you, but you didn't lose consciousness or you don't, your MRI, if they took one of your, of your head, it looks normal. It doesn't mean that you didn't have a traumatic brain injury. Uh, so it, 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 it's important to, to realize that. Well, keeping that in mind, are there tests that can be done to prove that there's a brain injury, Joe? And, and what are those tests and kind of how do they know? Well, there, there are tests. Uh, there are tests called neuropsychological tests. Uh, there are uh, there pen and paper tests, if you would, um, uh, or there are uh, tests that require uh, action on the part of, the, of a victim of, uh, of, of a person who has suffered a, a traumatic brain injury. Um, and their, their purpose is to, is to assess or evaluate the functioning of the brain. Um, and so there are those, uh, there are professionals who administer those tests and then score the data uh, to determine whether or not uh, the uh, the tests reveal some deficit or diminution in brain function. Now, what the neuropsychologist, the person that administers these tests, needs to know is that how was the person doing before this uh, incident? Uh, and so there's a baseline that, that is used to measure uh, and evaluate the tests as to whether or not there's any deficit in function. Cindy, um, 
one of the important uh, reasons for individuals to go through a diagnosis and testing process if they've been injured through the fault of somebody else is because lawyers such as uh, myself and Joe look at these tests because they uh, determine discreetly exactly where the cognitive deficit is uh, in the brain. And our job is to get complete and full justice in compensation for each individual that's been injured uh, through the fault of somebody else. And these neuropsychological tests define precisely where in the brain the injury took place and precisely what functional impact that has on them because they can't really necessarily always articulate it. But the neuropsychologist and the neurologist together can explain to a judge, a jury, and other people exactly what's going on in the brain to cause the the general sense of disorganization that the brain-injured person feels. That's got to take a lot of, uh, I mean, you guys have to have a lot of expertise in this area. Do you, you get specialists involved? I mean... Well, Joe and I have been doing this, uh, I've been doing this for approximately 20 years. Joe and I have been working together in the field of brain injury and representing individuals with brain injury for at least 10 years. Um, through the course of, you know, probably hundreds of cases that we've had, uh, we have developed a, our own sense of knowledge. Uh, Joe's a board-certified trial lawyer uh, of what there is that we need to know in order to properly handle a case of an individual that suffered a traumatic brain injury. We are uh, we can talk to neurologists, neuropsychologists in their language because we we have had so many of these cases and we understand what they're talking about and how they measure brain injury, which is very helpful to the client. So to know that their lawyer can talk to the doctors and then communicate to the jury exactly what's wrong with them. Thanks. Can you guys give a couple of examples of cases that you've handled? Uh, Because I traditionally think of traumatic brain injury as a motor vehicle accident, somebody who's been, you know, gotten a whiplash or something. But I know that's not the case from working with you guys in the past. Can you talk about a couple of cases that you've worked on? Well, sure. Well, why don't, why don't I, uh, Iris, if it's okay with you, what I'd like to do, let me talk about what Cindy knows, uh, the, uh, the common occurrence, uh, sure. a, a, a car accident. Um, and, and we see, uh, let me talk about a particular case we had, but it involves a car and a tractor trailer. Now, uh, a significant number of brain injuries that we have uh, seen in our office arise as a result of a car being struck by a tractor trailer, you know, those big uh, 18-wheelers that, that are barreling across the roadways of the United States. Um, when they encounter a car, the car really doesn't stand a chance, uh, and, and needless to say, the uh, occupants of the car really don't stand a chance. And so when there is a blow uh, a striking of the tractor trailer, uh, of the car by the tractor trailer, um, this innocent person, uh, their head is, 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 and body are tossed about in the, in the vehicle. And, uh, we have a case in, in our office, uh, that we're presently working on where a man, um, uh, call him, call him, uh, Jim, uh, stopped for, uh, a traffic, uh, a car in front of him. Uh, he was rear-ended by a uh, tractor trailer uh, that uh, was re- that the tractor trailer itself was rear-ended by a tractor trailer. Uh, 
um, and uh, it came plowing into his car, Jim's car, and then and propelled Jim's car forward into the rear of the car that had stopped in front of Jim. As a result, at the scene, uh, uh, Jim was uh, dazed, confused. According to the tractor-trailer driver, Jim was out of it. Uh, Jim had been an active, vibrant uh, individual who was working with the developmentally disabled uh, in our area. He was holding down uh, two to three jobs. Uh, and this, li- this uh, incident just turned his life upside down. Uh, he uh, underwent neuropsychological testing that, that revealed precisely uh, deficits that he had in his brain function. In addition, he, uh, he uh, has and continues to suffer from uh, uh, significant migraine headaches uh, and a uh, vertigo balance problems. Uh, and all of these combined uh, have uh, prohibited him from uh, holding down any real job. And so it's a significant life-altering event. I just wanted to add, uh, we've had cases involving tractor trailers. It's just not the rear-ender or an accident with the changing lanes, but there are cases called trailer underrides. The tractor-trailer uh, winds up perpendicular in the roadway. Maybe they're making a U-turn, and at night you cannot see the trailer. And a trailer underride is where the, the, the passenger vehicle goes directly under the, uh, under the trailer. And obviously, the occupants of that vehicle are going to suffer severe uh, brain injuries. Um, I can give you an example of uh, the kind of cases that uh, Cindy also knows we worked on because Cindy worked on uh, the structured settlements um, in two cases. And they both involved children, one an infant in a medical malpractice case, and uh, another involved a five-year-old boy who was in camp, and uh, he was a non-swimmer, and the camp allowed him to go into water above his head, and then they walked away, and by the time they discovered him, uh, he had a severe brain injury. The common common, uh, component between both of these cases is that the infant and this five-year-old boy suffered a brain injury as a result of an oxygen deprivation, because they obviously, uh, in the malpractice case, uh, the child was not uh, delivered properly, and in the drowning case, the child was underwater uh, a long time. And the profound brain injury that these children suffered requires uh, enough money to take care of them for the rest of their lives. These are different types of brain injury cases than the cases that we have with, that are called mild traumatic brain injury, where... Most of the people recover, but they're still entitled to significant compensation. These children uh, require eight to ten experts in each case describing exactly what went wrong in the, to cause the injury, exactly what the injury is, and exactly what their needs are going to be for the rest of their lives. And these, are, these require perhaps uh, multi-million dollars and uh, maybe more than $10 million dollars in a settlement to uh, care, make sure that they're cared for after their parents are deceased. Uh, one thing I can say about you guys is you definitely are passionate about what you do and your clients, and we definitely appreciate that. We need to take a short break here for a second, and we'll be right back. Well, time to take a very short break. When Cindy returns, she'll continue this interesting discussion with attorney Joseph Camarada and attorney Iris Sherman on traumatic brain injuries and uh, their treatment. This is Ringler Radio, Internet radio from Ringler Associates, 
quite simply, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 130,000 cases structured. This is Ringler Radio, Internet radio from Ringler Associates, placing more than $18 billion in structures over the past 30 years and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. Ringler Associates, the only broker you need. Listen to all the Ringler Radio shows. Just go to ringlerassociates.com and click on Ringler Radio and choose a topic. We invite you to listen to our other shows on the Legal Talk Network and become a member. It's free at www.legaltalknetwork.com. Did you know you can download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to the Legal Talk Network. It's free. Did you know that Legal Talk Network shows are also available as CLE? Including Ringler Radio. Visit Law.com's CLE Center at www.clecenter.com. That's clecenter.com to enjoy listening and get CLE credit. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, Aviva, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and we're going to hear more now from my colleague and co-host, Cindy Shanley, Ringler Associate from our Louisville, Kentucky, and Jeffersonville, Indiana offices, and our special guests, Attorney Joseph Camarada and Attorney Iris Sherman, both from the firm Jakin Sherman Camarada and Siegel PC. Thanks a lot, Larry. Welcome back, guys. Um, let's continue our conversation on traumatic brain injuries. And uh, Ira, can you talk a little bit about what the long-term outcomes, and I'm sure it's a little bit different depending on the cases. I mean, what is the long-term prognosis for brain injury victims? Well, uh, first of all, what we know is is that after a brain injury, 90% of the recovery of the brain will take place within the first 12 months after the uh, incident occurred. And whatever remaining recovery is going to take place, the 10%, that's going to take place by the second year after the incident that caused the brain injury. So two years out after the incident, we will know the degree to which anybody sustained what, what will be called a permanent brain injury. The good news is, is that you, can, you know that your brain can recover 90% uh, to the degree that it's going to recover, 90% of it's going to take place relatively quickly in the first 12 months. The other good news is that 85% of those individuals with mild traumatic brain injury recover completely. Uh, it's, it's useful to have um, rehabilitation uh, going on to assist in the recovery, but the point is, is that few uh, individuals continue having problems with, after they've sustained a mild traumatic brain injury. Joe, what kind of, what, are the, what do you do to treat a traumatic brain injury? Well, it, there's a thing called neurocognitive treatment. Uh, if, you, uh, if you want to think of it as physical therapy for the brain, uh, if, you, if you've injured your arm or your leg and you've got to go to a physical therapy and you work your arm or your leg uh, to bring it back up to speed, uh, you do the same thing with the brain. Uh, there are uh, it, it's, most of the work is done on a, using a computer, 
to, to go through uh, computer uh, exercises that, in fact, exercise or cause somebody to use their brain uh, function in, in either um, uh, looking at things on the screen or uh, answering certain questions. Work the mind on a very vigorous, in a very vigorous way to, to get it going to, to uh, uh, just what I say, to physical therapy for the brain. Thanks a lot. Now, you guys are very involved in education. Uh, that's why you founded the Brain Injury Association in Washington, D.C. And I know just from Louisville, you look, you, you, you see in the news about the, our troops who are coming home and, and you do read a lot more and you hear a lot more about traumatic brain injury just because of our troops overseas. And I do want to say we are praying for our troops overseas right now. Talk about what you are doing to educate the community and maybe even nationally about, about traumatic brain injury. Well, we have started the Brain Injury Association in Washington, D.C. And we expect that we will be an affiliate of the national organization which bears the same name, Brain Injury Association of America. Um, we are working with them to uh, educate the public uh, on just how, what is brain injury, what are the causes, how do you treat it, who should you get in contact with, what are the outcomes, uh, and what are the costs associated with uh, lifetime costs of, of uh, a person that suffers from a brain injury. We're doing that uh, by... Uh, uh, creating a website uh, by reaching out to uh, to hospitals and schools, hospitals to uh, to educate uh, a staff uh, that they should be uh, vigilant in uh, in their uh, looking for and diagnosing uh, uh, mild traumatic brain injury. Uh, reaching out to schools and the athletic directors uh, uh, to uh, to talk about prevention, uh, especially in the in the sports context. Uh, what what can be done to help prevent uh, children from suffering a traumatic uh, brain injury when uh, engaging in recreational activities. Uh, we're working with the national organization, the educational programs. Uh, and so we, uh, Ira and I, are both very excited about um, what we're doing here in D.C. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a long time because I, I, I can't believe that um, the nation's capital, uh, where our troops are coming back from Iraq uh, and are being... Um, uh, treated at uh, Walter Reed uh, local hospital here uh, in the D.C. metropolitan region, uh, and that uh, we didn't have a brain injury association. And uh, and I'm, I'm glad to say, happy to say that uh, they have one now, and uh, we're going to do good work for those that uh, are uh, suffering from and the families of those that are suffering from brain injury. Well, I, I think what you guys are doing is incredible, and I wish you great luck uh, in your endeavors with that. Um, if someone out there feels that they might have suffered a traumatic brain injury, what advice can you give them and what can you bring to the table for them? Well, there are two pieces of advice. Uh, Joe, you chime in at the end if, uh, if you think I'm leaving anything out here because this is such an important question. Uh, first, you're, everybody is welcome to call uh, Joe or I and our uh, information regarding how to get in touch with us will be provided at the end of the show. Because we'll be happy to direct you to either the Brain Injury Association in your community or uh, other resources that could be of assistance to you or your loved ones with regard to how to uh, deal with the results of having a traumatic brain injury. Um, an attorney is part of 
the process, unfortunately, that people also have to include in their planning. Uh, because I think people need to understand, recognize, and accept the fact that if one of your loved ones has suffered a traumatic brain injury as a result of the carelessness of another, the American justice system demands that those people receive full and complete compensation from the wrongdoer, and not a penny less than that to which they are entitled should be provided by those responsible for causing this potentially lifetime change in, in the individual uh, family member. And it's a change not only in the, in the victim, but in, it's a change that everybody that's close to that person has to deal with for the, for the term and perhaps for a lifetime of when they're suffering from the traumatic brain injury. So in short, my advice is, is that you should contact your local uh, Traumatic Brain Injury Association for resources that they have there. You should contact an attorney that you're comfortable with, has qualifications, board certified as a trial lawyer, uh, and qualifications in understanding how to manage and litigate uh, a, in a case that involves traumatic brain injury. And again, of course, you can always call us as a resource for either uh, advice on who to call in your community for an attorney or how to contact your local brain injury association. Thank you so much. Well, guys, we're out of time, and it's, a, it's time to end this edition of Ringler Radio, but I do want the listeners to know how they can contact you. Joe and Ira, thanks so much for joining us today, and can you let us know how we can get in t- contact you, with you if we need to? Joe? Sure. We, we have a, uh, an 800 number, toll-free number, uh, and that number is 1-800-229-8384. Um, and uh, so that's 1-800-229-8384. Uh, both Ira and I are available by email, and I'll give you those email addresses. Uh, uh, Ira's email address is Sherman, S-H-E-R-M-A-N, at D-C hyphen, or dash law, L-A-W dot net. And um, my email address is joe, J-O-E, at dc dash law dot net. And I thought I'd tell you guys how you can get a hold of me, Cindy Chanley, with Ringler Associates if you do have structured settlement needs. You can contact me by calling toll-free 877-288-0741, or you can email me, at C Chanley, that's C C H A N L E Y at ringlerassociates.com. Thanks guys, I appreciate it. It was a great show. Thanks, Cindy. Great topic today, and a special thanks goes out to Attorney Camarada and Attorney Sherman for joining us on Ringler Radio here at the 2008 AAJ convention in Philadelphia. I'm Larry Cohen. Thanks for listening, and now go out and make it a great day. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, Aviva, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Ring the Radio is produced by broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network.